business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi. And uh, I got my blackjack gum here. And I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. To the coast, we get together, have a few laughs. you? As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? I'm so wasted. Anybody move, I'll blow your fucking head off. And the medic gets up and says, Oh my god. I'm your Huckleberry. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Well, I this calls for the old Billy Barule. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! <sighs> what is going on, everybody? It is Saturday night. It is late night. And it is THT Movie Review. I am Boxman. As usual, I have with me Anthony. What's going on, brother? A wide awake, Anthony. Really? Not Black History Month, but I'm wide awake. What's going on? Not much, man. Not much is going on, bro. Just uh, actually pretty pumped about doing this movie, man. I uh, It didn't even cross my mind until it popped up on Facebook. So I'm glad it popped up, man. I really am. Me too, man. This is definitely... Um, obviously, by the way, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll just go ahead and fucking jump right in. Doing Wayne's World tonight. 1992 yes. movie. Uh kind of an underrated maybe it was in the early 90s but it was definitely an iconic movie still is bro still is still is but i gotta tell you i mean to say mike myers and dana carvey didn't create damn near a whole new slang of american terms is ridiculous because everyone talked like this for and we should also point out that out of i would say probably maybe next to the original blues brothers Wayne's World is the most successful uh, movie to come out of the uh, SNL archives. No, including Bru the Blues Brothers. This is the highest grossing, over $100 million this movie grossed. Um, they've been trying ever since. Uh, actually, we were talking about it in the chat room, me and uh, B-Megs. And, you know, he's like, yeah, they've been trying ever since. And I'm like, yeah. They And then they gave us Blues Brothers 2000. They really think that was going to fucking top Wayne's World? Yeah. 
Yeah, no. I, I love Josh Goodman to death, you know, but no, that was that was that was a bad move on all all accounts. Yeah, I I, I love Goodman. I love Aykroyd too. Aykroyd, yeah. awesome, always awesome. Always. Yeah. There's yes. one guy you've never heard a fucking bad word about. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd. Never yes. heard a bad word yes. about him. But yep. this movie had the quotes. Uh, yes. Like I said, the slang in the movie, um, you know, the swing and. You know, party on, game on. There were so many things that people said throughout the movie that were so many quotes. Sphincter. <laughs> and this says what? Yeah, Ask Sphincter says what? Yes. I- I'll say this. The only negative to the movie that I found mm-hmm. is I felt I, fe- I felt like Ed O'Neill's part should have been a little bigger. He should have, we should have got a little more Al Bundy in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and and truthfully, I, I I really can't wait to kind of uh, I, I can't wait to talk about Ed O'Neill because undercover <laughs> badass Ed O'Neill. Yes, yo Ed O'Neill. As far as I'm concerned, Ed O'Neill is a national treasure. <laughs> yeah, Ed O'Neill is a bad ass, and I do agree. He should have had a little few more parts. Did he not have more parts in the second one? Am, am I am I crazy? I, I haven't seen the second one in a long time either. I know you watched it. Uh, I'm trying to remember. No, I didn't get through the second one yet, but I think he had like a pop up, couple pop up roles. Because I'm assuming, because this was the one that had like the Married with Children thing, so I don't mm-hmm. think he really. They only basically used him when he was available. All right. So I'm guessing that's why it was like you know his parts were limited. Uh, I won't be surprised if they didn't the same day and just said, "Hey, did him a did him a solid and had to roll out." Could have been. You never know. That's definitely what it could have been. That could have been why his role was small. So. Man, Anthony's over here blaming everybody. Like, God damn it, y'all should have given him a bigger role. And the man's like, I had to fucking work, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you can't always get what you want. No, but, you know. No, you can't. There you go. Actually, th- thanks to Weaves, he popped it up. Their budget for the film was $20 million. The box office for this film was 183.1. And come on, dude. The 90s were the time to buy VHS. Imagine what this thing did in VHS. And, uh, <laughs> and, and funny and enough, overseas. Imagine what this thing did overseas. And yeah, funny enough, I actually still have the uh, VHS of this somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, like it was a time period in like the mid, early to mid nineties where uh, McDonald's was selling like VHS tapes. Right. What? That's where I actually got Wayne's. Wait, 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 what? They were? Yeah. No, nah. I, I have no idea why, but I actually got this from a McDonald's. No, nah, it wasn't where I was at, dude. Some dude was selling fucking tapes, his tapes at McDonald's. <laughs> I no 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 it was like it was factory seal bro. I gotta look for it because I actually think it has the McDonald's logo on it. Yeah, I don't remember that dude, but I I I I don't remember none of that dude. But then again, you know, high school's kind of a blur. So I the, the only movie I I got my movies at a place called Monster Video. Monster Video. Yeah, it's because I could just walk out with them. Nah. <laughs> don't ask. Five finger discount. Uh, let's just something like that. <laughs> Let's just say a lot of people from my school worked there. That was when I was in high school. Um, yeah, the dude owed me. He, uh, he he almost got killed one night, and he owed me big. Um, <laughs> Folks, I guarantee you, Box walked up in the store. Fuck you, pay me. No, 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 no. <laughs> what happened was a gang was after him because he almost got into a fight with a dude. Uh, a gang called the River Dogs up in uh, up in Boca Raton. Yeah, there's gangs in Boca Raton, but uh, the whole gang was after him, and uh, turns out I was really good friends with the leader, so I kind of talked him out of it, but um, 
There you go. That's the salesman in me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was an interesting night. That was an interesting night. But uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, this movie, like I said, man, it, it maybe because it was early '90s, it sort of faded out, and the '90s just had so many. Like the music, the movies were really fucking amazing in the nineties. The they had a lot of leeway. It was both. Yes. It, it, it it was pre Janet Jackson's boob. You know, we've already gone back and proven Janet Jackson's boob ruined radio, television. Um, I, I still don't understand how it ruined radio. The I, I I still don't get it. But anyway, it did, and um, it, it just ruined everything. That boob yeah. killed television and radio as we know it. But, uh, you know, anyway. Oh, rolling... Speaking of boobs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tia Carreri. I hope I'm saying her name right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Undercover, an underrated hottie of the 1990s. Really she hot. Is... In the yes. 90s. She flopped up in everything, boy. Haven't, uh, if you haven't seen her lately... Um, she was on November or December. She was in a couple of Blue Bloods episodes. A little chunkier. Thicker. I'm not going to say she's fat, but she's thicker. And, still doable. Uh, still doable. Looks a little older, but still her face is, uh, you know, she still looks good. I I mean, how old is she now, dude? Come on. I, 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 uh, 51. 51. All right. She... She could pass for mid forties. Yep, yep. Just had a birthday, uh, January second. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah, she. Yeah, like she still looks good. Like I said, she was recently in an episode of two episodes, I believe, of Blue Bloods. Um, and I know you're going to ask Anthony any NYPD Blue references in here. Um, Absolutely. Michael DeLuise is in this movie. He plays Alan. Uh, he's the guy that when. Um, the arcade the Noah's arcade guy's wife was like, "That's huge." He's like, "Do I scare you?" Uh-huh. And she goes, "No." He goes, "Do you want me to?" That is Michael DeLuise. He played Andy Sipowitz's son. I believe it was. Um, <laughs> he got killed off the show. I believe it was season. I'm gonna go end of season five. And then they had him do a few reoccurring roles after he got killed off and, you know, flashbacks, dream sequences and stuff like that. So still popped up every now and then. But Yeah, this is this is uh, this is Boxman's yeah moment of the week and YPD Blue, folks. Yeah. And I hate to, I hate to say I didn't look it up. I just know Michael DeLuis is in this movie. <laughs> so. <laughs> but uh, speaking of like who's in a movie to like uh, what are like uh, like I said comedy flick but still in my opinion pretty uh hall of fame level when it comes to comedy mm-hmm. got mike myers the, so, the criminally underrated dana carvey i love dana carvey to death Thank bro you. all right so between the two you got myers you got carvey which one do you really prefer uh i'll say honestly i'll go carvey I've I've uh, pr- I've preferred most of his movies whether Dude. it was opportunity knocks yep. uh clean slate uh I don't, he, I don't know. He just comes across as like, first of all, he just comes across as a decent human being, number one. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I like him. But I don't know. I just prefer his style of comedy. It's, just, it's understated, but he can like be like over the top when it calls for it. Yeah. Tough Guys. You ever see Tough Guys? Uh, oh. Fresh Five Is that 80s? 
Uh, Tough Guys was actually 1986, but a really, really good movie. Uh, it was Dana Carvey. Give me two seconds here. I forget the two guys' names. Um, Burt Lanca- Bert Lancaster and Kirk Douglas. And they play two old guys who just got out of prison and yeah. just couldn't stay straight. But I, I, I'm the same way, dude. I love, I mean, literally, dude, Skype high five, Whoosh. literally oh. Dana Carvey to me. I am not going to say he's the more talented. I, I'm not going to say that, but I will say he's of equal talent. Just that. He never had that, but he never had like that breakout role. Like Myers will always be like, he'll be synonymous with Wayne's world, Shrek. Uh, what's the other one? Austin Powers. Austin Powers. Uh, Carvey, he never really had like that signature role. Like people remember the SNL characters, but in terms of movies, they kind of flew under the radar. Most of them. Yeah, yeah, and you know, B Megs brings up Master Master of Disguise. That is an underrated, funny, fucking movie. Yes, and again, you get Carvey really showing all the impressions. Look, Mike Myers is very good with a few voices. He's mainly an accent guy. Yes. Dana Carvey nails voices. He had a TV show a while ago where they were basically putting comedians through little tests. Um, and he was the host of it. And, you know, it, it was an, it basically not an impersonation show, but they did a lot of impersonations. I loved it. I absolutely yeah. loved it. And by the way, Weebs is saying we need another Austin Powers movie. It has been announced. There is another Austin Powers movie coming out. Yes. Um, and that, let me see. I'm sorry. <laughs> While you're looking at up, mm-hmm. let me ask you something. Would you say that uh, in terms of impressions of presidents, Carvey should be in like top five with that uh, with that Bush impression? Oh, with that George Bush, absolutely. His George Bush <laughs> is great. His, I mean, Ross Perot. Remember that one? <laughs> Ross Perot, absolutely great, absolutely <laughs> great, man. I and, and you know it was funny. Again, we were talking about this exact same thing in the chat room before the show, Danny. Says you know uh, says that uh, you know Carvey is the Genetti of the bunch. I disagree with that statement. I don't think he is the Genetti. I think he. Um, no, 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 absolutely not. No, I gotta disagree. With no, no, no. Listen, I'll tell you what. If you look up, I mean, you'll be like, oh, Mike Myers. He has so many more movies. Ten, ten more credits than Dana Carvey. Ten. That's it. So you know, all right, Mike Myers got lucky. Um, did a few more mainstream movies. He obviously has the Austin Powers series, but yeah, I believe Dana Carvey really never got that. But Master of Disguise, man, he does so many different fucking roles. He does Scarface. He does the uh, oh Christ, the guy from Jaws, the the, the crazy oh, the, the crazy guy with the boat. Oh um, shit! Uh, he he does. You said George Bush, but he does so many more little fucking things in that and i don't know man you got to remember at one time when mike myers was on snl guess who the biggest star of that was dana carvey do you know what do you know why dana carvey is in the role that he's in of garth algar i'll tell you why because mike myers had originally written this script for himself but dana carvey was so and i'll go wrestling term over on snl he decided to add him because he knew the, he knew the skit would get on TV that way also. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, to call Dana Carvey the 
Janetti of, of of the bunch. I, I I don't agree with that. I just think he 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 was a little more low key. He just never got the role, yes. and he you know he sort of got the B movies over Mike Myers. Look, Mike Myers, right place, right time. So yes. you know what are you gonna do? Are you gonna church lady? Benjamin B Megs is bringing up the church lady character. He had yep. so many good characters on SNL, man. Absolutely. Hey, remember his, uh, it was not, it was a bit role, but this is Spinal Tap. The waiter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it was a bit part, but if you, anybody that's a fan of that movie, you'll always remember it. Mm-hmm. It's not about how long you're in the movie. It's about what you do with the time you are in the movie. Exactly. Maximizing your minutes. Max, there you go. There you go, JR. Yep. <laughs> Maximize the minutes over there, god damn it. Yep. <laughs> Hook that up with some barbecue sauce. But let's see who we got else. Who else mentioned here, Kari? Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe, definitely. Yes. Definitely. One of the greatest assholes in the history of cinema, bro. The greatest I'm sorry. The greatest asshole that's still working in the history of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, Rob refresh one, Rob Lowe was in that uh he was in the Brad Pack, wasn't he? He, he, he oh, he was like all shoot member. Well, he he was in it. Saying uh, Saint Elmo's Fire was one of his was one of his big roles back in the eighties. Um, so yeah, yeah, he was sort of thrown into that brat packish role. Uh, yeah, definitely. We got uh Laura Flynn Boyle, mm-hmm. the crazy chick. There you go, <laughs> Stacy. Yeah, and there's Michael De Luis. We have next now Lee. His name Turgeson. Lee Turgeson. Do do you know who this guy is? Can't say that I do. Okay, you do. Have you, you you've seen Oz, right? Bits and pieces. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, you know who beat you know Beecher? Oh, wait, that was him. That's Beecher. Wow. Who has been in a zillion television shows? You want to talk about underrated of an actor? Uh, this guy has been in so many, not as many movies, but I'll tell you what, this guy has been in show after show after. Just an absolute, like a fucking workhorse here. But uh, it's loading up right now. Yeah, he he was in Oz almost every, damn near every episode of Oz. You know, but he has a ton, 114 credits under his belt. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Is he still working? Still working. Uh, He was in the TV show Gone. Uh, Let's see, Power TV show, Outcast TV, The Get Down. TV series. I believe that's a Netflix series, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's been in Blind Spot, which is a TV series I watch. Uh, NCIS New Orleans. I'm sorry, Nolans. He's been in Hawaii Five O. He's been, and I'm I'm skipping a lot of stuff here as I go. I haven't heard of American Horror Story. He was in that. Let's keep going here. We're only in 2013, ladies. Uh, <laughs> but you know, Law and Order LA, Law and Order SVU. See, we go Criminal Minds, Royal Pains, just, he's one of those TV actors that, you know, it, if you had a list of TV actors that you you recognize but don't know his name, he'd be right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah he's definitely done a lot of things. I see him all over the place. I'll tell you the truth. I saw this movie about eight times before I realized it was him. That's how it usually goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like B-Meg says, that guy was all over the fuck. Um, yep. And uh, Robert Fuller, who was in a ton of little movies in the '90s, he's another actor that you probably don't even realize in a oh, you mean um, load. You mean Kurt Fuller? Kurt, Kurt Fuller. Fuller. Kurt Fuller. Thank you. Oh, 
Yeah, in a ton of stuff that you probably are just like, no, not, I don't know who the hell that is. Yeah, yeah you do. You know. Even if it's, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, as soon as you see, he has one of those faces. Like, sometimes he might just be in the background for a split second, but once you see him, you'll know who he is. Well, when you have 196 credits under your fucking belt, I believe people are going to know who you are. I mean, this guy, let me go back here. 190. Let me go back here. I'm in 97. Now, I was trying to scroll to see when he started, this guy started. Uh, looks like uh, 87 is the earliest I'm seeing. I got 1984, Knight Rider. Oh, TV shows. I was looking at movies. So, yeah, Knight Rider was his uh, first little role there. Yeah, absolutely. So this guy's been going since 1984. I mean, Jesus Christ, this guy. Every TV show you could probably imagine. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, up to now, he's got he's he's in a, a new TV show, Heathers, which is coming out very soon. He's in three new TV shows coming out, this fucking guy. Good for this guy, man. He's, in, he's uh, again, another one that you'd be like, holy shit, where is, you know, I, I, I've seen this guy's face in a ton of fucking movies. Yep. So, and yeah, like, the, uh, like uh, Weebs is saying, we also got a couple cameos here. Chris Farley, this was actually Chris Farley's, like, film debut. Uh, it was epic. Awesome. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah, and we get Robert, uh, Robert Patrick reprising his little Terminator 2 role. I'm sorry. Terminator 2 role. Here we go. I'll, I'll <laughs> do, I'll. One of the funniest cameos, at least in my opinion, was uh, Meatloaf. Mm. As, t- as tiny. <laughs> as tiny. Oh. Yeah, the bouncer outside of yes. the Gasworks. Is that the name of the bar? Yeah. Gasworks. Outside of the Gasworks. That's right. Were you a Meatloaf fan growing up? I'm still a Meatloaf fan, dude. I really like his fucking music, man. He's got some good shit, bro. He's from your part of the uh, country. Texas, Dallas, actually. Is he? I didn't even know that. But uh, that guy is awesome, man. I love his music. A lot of his shit's good, man. Fuck yeah. We we talked about him when we did the Rocky Horror episode. Yeah. Yeah. Love me some Meatloaf. Yeah, he's actually got a look pretty uh, solid uh, filmography of his own. Absolutely. Who else we got before we uh, jump into this that we that's that's worth mentioning? Uh, Donna Dixon, uh, Garth's dream woman. You're like, oh, Donna Dixon. Who the hell is that? Well, Dan Aykroyd's wife since '83. First of all, same woman, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, she she hasn't been in a thousand things. She's in there. She's in there. But yeah, since 1983, Dan Aykroyd's wife still his wife today. Yes. You see those Hollywood marriages that last for fucking two. You know, then there's Dan Aykroyd, been together with his wife since 1980. Good man, Dan. Good man, Dan. Yes. Uh, I guess the last person worth mentioning, uh, Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper, absolutely. Scroll down, see that we probably should mention. I think you're about right. Uh, Alice Cooper, we already mentioned it. Yeah, that's really it. Alice Cooper. Um, so, shit, man. I guess we, uh, I guess we get into it now? Is that what we do? Yeah. We're rid of some of that shit now. All right. So shit, fucking Wayne's World, party time, excellent, excellent. Alright, again, this is a a, a definite, um, you know, epic movie, iconic, iconic movie from absolutely. Now, if you go to IMDb, the director of this movie, uh, Penelope Spheris. And Mike Myers had a lot of back and forth, a lot of tension filming this movie. Um, 
Matter of fact, there's a few scenes I'm sure we'll mention. Mike Myers was sort of a deep. Um, yes. We'll get into that as the movie goes, but, you know. Oh, since you brought up real quick, mm-hmm. uh, this was actually her first big break. Really? Yeah. Oh, and, you know, she probably bitched and complained, and then it came out and made her fucking a star and whatever. Anyway, uh, we start off with Rob Lowe and some chick watching TV, basically, flipping through the channels, and they finally flip to Wayne's World. And this is where Rob Lowe gets his first little taste of Wayne's World. And I guess this is where we can go ahead and start playing some clips. I'm going to go ahead and hit that share system sounds, Anthony. And uh, here we go. Let's roll some clips. Okay. All right. Excellent. 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 Woo! Okay. Extreme close up. Whoa! Whoa! Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Extreme close up. Okay. Now is the time for Wayne's World. Totally amazing. Excellent discoveries. Our guest is Ron Paxton. Welcome to Wayne's World, Ron. Thanks, Wayne. Now you're the inventor of the suck cut, right? What exactly is a suck cut? The suck cut is a revolution in home haircutting. <laughs> wow, what a totally amazing, excellent discovery. Well, yes. <laughs> All right, let's pause for a second. Now, the suck cut is an actual item that actually used to be on TV, and I can't remember the name of the actual item, but it actually used to be something that was on television. Maybe someone can actually, in the chat room, can give me the name of the real thing and it was actually a vacuum that cut your hair too this was not a fake item this was real did you ever see this anthony can't say that i haven't i used to watch a lot of uh random shows like the qvc type shows back in the day but i don't remember seeing this one there actually was an item haircut vacuum let me see here vacuum system here we go what was that son of a bitch called Really wish I could remember because it was an old ass commercial that they used to have for it. The the Floby, Floby. Thank you, B Megs. B Megs coming up with it. It was actually called the Floby, and it was it, it, it's a real item. The Floby. <laughs> yes, it's an actual real fucking item. I know you're shocked, aren't you? Very much so. Very much so. Well, guess what? It actually is. Um, and you know, they do end up trying it on Garth and, you know, he's screaming, he's yelling, ah, fuck it. I'll go ahead and play a little bit of it. Here we roll. Nope. Let me hit fucking volume. That would help. Wouldn't it? Uh Tell me, Ron, exactly how does the suck cut work? Well, as you can see, it sucks as it cuts. (laughs) It certainly does suck. What are we looking at? Wayne's World. These guys, they do their show out of their basement. People watch this? Yeah, lots. Turn it off, man! Turn it off! It's sucking my will to live! All the humanity! Will you hand me the telephone? Sure. Russell? Benjamin, are you watching TV? Listen, could you turn it to Channel 10? I want you to find out who these guys are and where they do their show. 
I think we found something that we can sell to Vanderhoff. Take your ribbon! I'm out, Bob. Okay? Okay, you're I'm in a forest. Forest? You're in a forest with Heather Locklear. With Heather? And you're very warm. Yeah? Very warm. Warm. <laughs> These guys are so funny. All right, so you can see right there, you know, less than, you know, basically three minutes into the movie, we sort of get the plot. Rob Lowe sees these 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 guys and thinks he can capitalize on them. Yes. Yeah. So yes. that's the and and the best part. I ain't gonna cut you off, but you know the best part of a uh, that uh, scene where Rob Lowe sees Wayne'sworth for the first time. Mm-hmm. Wayne and Garth play excellent wingman for him. They like do. literally, like, like he watches two minutes of Wayne's World, then turns the TV off and gets laid. Beautiful world we live in, ain't it? Pretty much, man. Wayne's World, you're right. They were a, uh, they were a little, uh, a little, a little, a little gimmick for him there. Yeah, absolutely. He got the hot tag. They gave him the hot tag. They did, man. They did. Now, if you were to explain the Wayne's World in wrestling terms, you could kind of call them the DX. Yes. Uh, they're sort of, you know, as Jim Cornette put it, the jerk offs being jerk offs. Yeah, that's kind of what these guys are. They're a couple of fucking small town dudes being a couple of small town dudes. Yes, and if anything, I, to take it back old school, I know we're going to date ourselves with this reference. <laughs> you know, we we had a little discussion about Dana Carvey earlier. Mm-hmm. Would you call him like almost like the uh, Richie Cunningham between the two of them, where it's almost like Wayne? If it was just all Mike Myers, all like Wayne. The movie wouldn't be as successful, mm-hmm. even though like uh, Gar's character was pretty much understated, and he was just like the tag along. You kind of need you need you needed that character that people felt sympathy for, because I really feel like going into the movie as it progressed, you felt sympathy for Garth, and you wanted to see Garth have his moment to shine. Like it, mm-hmm. it was all it was all about Wayne, but I found myself rooting for Garth. Like I would say about twenty minutes into the movie, I'm like, when is it going to be Garth's time to shine? Get that man some shine. So by the end of the movie, I was happy for the dude. Yeah, he was the ultimate underdog. I mean, you know, this movie gave you both characters. You have you have the really outgoing Wayne who, you know, I mean, he struts around, you know, he holds up his hands. He's like, hey, 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 he's kind of the, you know, kind of the hot shot of the two. And then you got the shy Garth. Yeah. You know, Garth's kind of, yeah, hi, (laughs) you know. Kind of like Ronda Rousey when she first hits the ring. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, so, you know, you, you get both dynamics, both things. You get the, you know, and, and it's, a, it's, it's a real extreme. You really get that because Wayne really is that extreme, not overconfident, but. Things come easy to him. Very, right. Very outgoing. Things come to him. And then you got the, you know, really lonely, really shy Garth, but he's also sort of a genius, which, you know, we bring up later in the, later in the movie. But, uh, you know what? Wayne sort of introduces a little bit of this right now. Let's let him do this and we'll introduce a little bit of uh, everything in the movie and where we're going with it. Here we go. Bring up to speed. My name is Wayne Campbell. I live in Aurora, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. Excellent. I've had plenty of Joe jobs. Nothing I'd call a career. Let me put it this way. I have an extensive collection of name tags and hairnets. 
Okay, I still live with my parents, which I admit is both bogus and sad. But at least I've got an amazing cable access show. And I still know how to party. But what I'd really love is to do Wayne's World for a living. It might happen. Yeah, and monkeys might fly out of my butt. Ah, the Mirthmobile. All right, real quick, the Mirthmobile, the Garth, I'm sorry, the Garth Ride is a Pinto. It is a blue Pinto with flames coming out of the back fender, the, the rear of the front fender. It's a pretty cool fucking car, though, man. <laughs> Have you ever actually seen a Pinto, Anthony? Uh, in, in person, no, but oh. plenty of films. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Have you driven a Pinto before? Never driven, but I have seen a few on the road. Now, uh, I got to tell you, I've said this before on the show, the movies where people step out of the kind of, not character, but narrate movies. I love movies that are narrated, and I really like movies that have this Ferris Bueller vibe of talking to the camera. I really like these movies. And I don't know why. I don't know why it resonates with me, but it does. I yes. love has to be, it. Go ahead. It has to be the right kind of movie, though. I'm sorry. It has to be the right kind of movie, though. Like, this is the type of movie where you wouldn't think it needs that type of exposition, but I think it adds to it. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes it could take away from the movie, but I think it needs to be the right movie and the right character doing it. It does. And this movie definitely, it fit the movie. Yeah. You know, like I said, it's kind of got that... I'm not going to say it's got that Ferris Bueller vibe, but that's the, a good reference. You know, he talks to the camera. This movie does it more, though. They really get into the camera. They kind of... It's involving the audience yes. in the theater. And the 90s was sort of known for that, looking at the camera, kind of tearing down that fourth wall, if you will. Yeah. I mean, because if you think about it, it's almost like a... Uh, it's like a mockumentary. It's like a movie within a movie. Mm-hmm. Or a show within a show, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think I'm going to play a little more of this scene. I think I am. Let me see. Let's find out real quick. <laughs> this is my best friend, Garth Elgar. Hi. I think we'll go with a little Bohemian Rhapsody, gentlemen. Good call. All right, we'll give you a little bit of this. Alright, I I I knew everybody would want a little bit of that, so I had to play a little bit of it. Um This is another absolutely iconic part in this movie. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um this is actually this movie has been accredited with bringing back a resurgence of Queen because they were actually on a big downfall at this time, and this movie actually sort of brought them back to life in the United States. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So, now, Anthony. Yes. Before the show, you said you wanted to bring up something about this song and this scene, so let it roll. Yes. So basically, uh, Mike Myers and uh, her name Penelope Fears. Let's call her Penelope. Let's stick with that. That's fine. Penelope. They basically had uh, some uh, back and forth altercations. 
this was her first big break, as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. She was 45 at the time, wow. which means she's really old now. <laughs> 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 Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, uh, one of the fun... They were clashing, and one of the funniest uh, notes that I have here is she said you should have saw him, and I quote, he stormed off the set because there was only margarine for his bagel and not butter. Yes, like I said, he was sort of a diva in this movie. <laughs> yes, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, but uh, basically, um, there was a lot of, uh, con- not controversy, but there was a lot of back and forth between them over the Bohemian Rhapsody scene. Because he said he couldn't uh, move his neck like that. Uh, he didn't think the scene would play well. Now, in your opinion, mm-hmm. was the scene funny for you? The scene was not only, only funny, but I think it really it defined the movie. Yeah, it did. Of it, yeah, yeah. It so did. you would you would disagree with uh, Mike Myers and take us out on that? Yeah, you know, sometimes in hindsight, sometimes the people the the scenes that the actors think are the absolute worst turn out to be the absolute best. Now. I also said I have a story about this. Now, me and I, I believe I've told this on the show before. Me and a bunch of my friends were heading down to Miami from uh-huh. from Delray Beach, which is about a I'm going to go 45 minute ride. Uh, it was I we, we took two cars because we, we had seven people. So my friend Ron, I'm going to leave his name at that. Uh, my friend Ron took three people. Mm-hmm. In his car, and I took four people in my car. Mm-hmm. Me, my buddy Rigel, his brother Nigel, don't laugh, and, <laughs> and my friend Eliza. I put them all in my car. We had three in his car, and we proceeded to head down to Miami. We were going to go party and drink and get fucked up. So we're on our way down there, and we're getting off at an exit. And Ron realizes he's in the HOV lane and decides to quickly get out of that lane. Well, they had those little breakaway sticks. You know you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, they had those. He goes to change over lanes but doesn't realize because, you know, he was kind of looking over his shoulder to check his blind spot. Doesn't realize there's one of those in front of him. Hits one of those, freaks out, jerks the wheel, runs into the wall on the highway. Now, remember here. We're on fucking I-95. We're doing 70 miles an hour. And we're in Hallandale Beach. We're about 10 minutes from where we need to go. He runs into the fucking wall. We've got beer in the car. We're uh, we're underage. And wait a minute, how old? 15, 16? We were 20. And we had all been drinking. All right? So, accident happens. We got no choice. We pull over. So we pull over. We ditch the beer on the north side of the highway. We were going south. We ditched the beer on the north side of the highway. Fox, I'm, I'm surprised at you, bro. You right. wasted beer? Dude, we didn't want to do it, but we had to do it. Actually, to be honest with you, only two of them broke. We picked it up on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> you cheap bastard. You cheap, you bastard. <laughs> it wasn't actually. I love you for that. I love you for it. <laughs> Bro, it wasn't my idea. The guys were like, we need a beer for the ride. I'm like, you fucking psycho motherfuckers. <laughs> we pulled over. We grabbed the beer. All right. Anyway, <laughs> so not only do we get into an accident, we pull over on the side of the fucking road, and a 15-year-old kid who wasn't even supposed to be driving the car asks if we're okay. What happens? 
a car doesn't see him stopped and hits him. Jesus. Christ. Okay, so I tell him to get the fuck out of there. He goes. All right. So anyway, cops come. Blah blah blah. I'm gonna speed the story up a little bit. Cops come. They don't get us on anything. They don't even ask us if we were drinking. They don't even find the beer on the north side of the highway. Thank God. They let us go, and they let us all pack into my Grand Am GT. I have seven people in my car. Okay? So we're driving back north on I-95. We're heading back to Delray. This song comes on. Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. We crank it up. There are seven of us. There are literally people in the back seat sitting on people's laps. There's seven of us. And we start doing the head banging thing to the to the fucking beat. Right when we start this, a state trooper pulls up beside us and flashes his bright light and his candle light at us. Sees us all in there, turns his light off, laughs, gives us the gives us a thumbs up, and drives away. Awesome story. Man, let me ask you, like, what time frame? It's like ninety five, ninety six? Oh my god, dude! To actually put a year to that, I was twenty, so must have been ninety five. Wow, nineteen ninety five. So yeah, dude. But the cop, I, I, I thought we were getting pulled over, massive tickets. I thought I was going to jail, and he just, we were all laughing and head banging, and the cop, he just, it was a state trooper too, not a cop, a state trooper, and he let yeah. us, let us fucking go, man. Yeah, yeah, you lucked out on that one because those state troopers don't know fucking around. Yep, yep. And when he flashed that candle, I actually started pulling over to the right to to mm-hmm. get off, the, and he just gave us a thumbs up and, and and drove past me. Yes, that was a good night, man. And we did. We ended up back in Delray. We got fucked up, and uh, I don't think I went home that night. I think I stayed somewhere. I don't remember where. I have no clue. I couldn't even tell you where. But I know we went and got fucked up that night. Pretty much every night we went and got fucked up. But yeah, that was uh that was my Bohemian Rhapsody story. Nice. Hope that wasn't uh too long of a story. Oh, that was an epic story. Love it. Oh, there was much more involved. But <laughs> I I left some of it up. I I didn't even tell you about the fucking eighteen wheeler coming coming jackknifing at us. <laughs> How about this? We'll we'll get through the movie because I actually want to hear that. We'll get through the movie, and then that'll be like the perfect way to wrap up this week's edition of the THD movie review. There you go. I'll tell you about the oh. uh, the uh, tractor trailer jackknifing towards us during that. So yeah, and they do end up picking up their friend Phil, who is drunk off his ass. And again, the you know there's this singing "Let Me Go," and Phil's like "Let Me Go," and he's about to puke. But again, Bohemian Rhapsody just became, this whole scene just became, it really became the movie. Yes. It really did. And I, it, it's funny to hear that. My, and if you look, Mike Myers isn't banging his head like the other guys are. Yes, it's just like, he'll give it like a couple nods and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. But he basically moms the song. Absolutely. But it definitely was the most iconic and epic part of this fucking movie. Um, and you know, they're, they're driving down and Mike Myers has a guitar that he is dying to get. And, uh, let's go ahead and, uh, let's go ahead and play this scene real quick. Let me hit this. 
and we'll play this scene about the guitar that he wants. And here we go. Garth, pull over. Oh, oh man, uh, come on. Not again. He does this every Friday. Stop torturing yourself, man. You'll never afford it. Live in the now. <laughs> it will be mine. Oh, yes. It will be mine. So there's the guitar he wants. And we do get back into the guitar a little bit later. Uh, and now they're heading off to their their favorite little bar. Uh, the Not the bar. They're going to the diner is where they actually end up heading from here. They finish out the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And they end up at, I, I don't even know if there, is there a name for the place? The, the, the restaurant? The, uh, something's Donuts, but I never get the name of it. Uh, he yeah, he might see. tell us. He might it tell is. us. I, I actually, I'm, I'm going to play the scene from where they meet the police officer. And oh, it actually is. I'm sorry. It's uh, Stan Mika's Donuts. Okay. Something like that. Okay, there we go. I think he does tell us. But here we go. I started with right here where, where he meets the cop. I might pause a little bit in the middle of here, but let's let's uh, let's play from here. On a momento, fellas. Officer Koharski, how's it going? Fine. Say, I smell bacon. Does anyone else smell bacon? Yeah, I definitely smell a pork product of some type. Yeah, 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 I know what you're doing, Campbell. Bacon, pig, oink, oink, police officer. <laughs> I used to say that to cops when I was your age. Hey, what are you up to? Me? I just pulled over a tour bus on its way to Chicago. We had a tip that there was some drug smuggling going down. We searched the entire vehicle. It was clean, so we had to proceed with the body cavity searches. No way. Way. I inspected 12 individuals myself, inside and out. Ew. Which, uh, in turn, that comment makes Phil start a being about to puke. Um, now, how many times have you heard someone do, no way, way? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 it's like one of those things where you could tell like the generation somebody kind of came up in. Yeah, he exactly. He I, I like I said in the beginning of the show, he damn near made up a whole new language of slang for Americans. And Absolutely. They had a very hard time translating um some of the things that actually Wayne was saying in this movie uh in in other countries. Actually, that scene, give me one second here. I'm going to actually give you a little uh, little thing on that scene. Wayne's unique, it says here in uh, IMDb, Wayne Campbell's uniquely American slang proved a challenge for translators into foreign languages. Uh, Wayne's line, and monkeys might fly out of my butt, was translated into Spanish for Latin audience as when judgment day comes. So they couldn't even translate when monkeys fly out of my butt in Spanish. <laughs> That's pretty fucked up, man, if you ask me. But, uh, yeah, and actually B-Megs is saying, uh, yeah, the name of the restaurant, Stan Makita. Uh, it's a Chicago Blackhawks le legend. Thank you, B-Megs. I had no clue about that. So, but yeah, 
definitely a whole new fucking language he damn near started. And uh, on that note, I'm going to play a little bit more here. Okay, this guy needs coffee and coolers. Stack! We gotta get up to Rampart! Let's go! This is Dan Makita's Donuts. Excellent munch boss. This is the manager, Glenn. He's here 24 hours a day. I recommend the sugar pucks. They're excellent. Come on. Alright, now Glenn is Ed O'Neill. Yes. Yes. The legend, the great one, Ed O'Neill. Like I've said before, and I actually talked about Ed O'Neill in the Bruce Lee episode. He is a black belt of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and he is also, I believe he's a black belt in Jeet Kune Do also. This man is a bad motherfucker. He could kill you. Yes. Al Bundy could kill you with his bare hands. That's what makes it even more think about that that's what makes it even more epic. Yeah. Let that sink in for a second. Al Bundy could whip the <laughs> shit out of you. Now, at his age, could still whip the <laughs> shit out of you. Yeah. And it's funny cuz it's funny that you mentioned those scenes like cuz some of the funniest scenes in the history of uh, <laughs> Married with Children where he beat the shit out of people. Yeah. yeah. Who who knew who knew who knew undercover he was legit? Yeah, who knew he that was it, it wasn't too far off the truth. Yeah, who knew he really could beat the shit out of somebody? But uh yeah, yeah, and obviously, you know, Anthony said he should have had a bigger part in this, and I do agree, but I also you may be one hundred percent right. They might have got him for every scene they could and every line they could at the time. Uh he yes. was blowing up at this point. But uh I will play his little uh monologue yes. from here, and here we go. I've never done a crazy thing in my life before that night. Why is it if a man kills another man in battle, it's called heroic? Yet if he kills a man in the heat of passion, it's called murder. Hello! What do you think you're doing? <laughs> Only me and Garth get to talk to the camera. Come on. I don't, I don't really have too, too much to say right now. <laughs> What's that? Hi, Mr. Withers. How's the amusement park going? Just great, Wayne. Four coffees and a half dozen coolers, please. And one jelly donut. All right, so there we go. Uh, This is also the scene, not only where Ed O'Neill makes his little cameo in this movie, but this is where we first see Dana Dixon for the first time, Garth's dream woman. Yeah, what were you going to say, Anthony? I said uh, underrated scene, actually several underrated scenes, are whenever he sees this woman. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, it's almost like a dream sequence, literally. It and is. And then the music starts playing. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it is. Uh, and uh, you know, when he finally does, you know, make a move on her, it's even funnier. But you know, it, it, you know, again, he's looking at her. The camera rolls towards him, and the camera actually knocks him over. Again, this is another one of those movies where, and the '90s were big for this kind of breaking down that fourth wall. Um. But we now go to his crazy ex, Stacy, again, played by Lara Flynn Boyle. And she is, it's weird seeing her in this part because she usually plays that sultry kind of, you know, really 
not slutty, but sexy kind of girl. Yes. You know, so kind of weird seeing her in this part, but I'm going to go ahead and get into this part a little bit. And obviously, I'm going to play a little bit of it. And here we go. Uh oh, don't look. Stacy. Where? Oh god, I made eye contact. Psycho hose beast. Happy anniversary, Wayne. Stacy, we broke up two months ago. Well, that doesn't mean we can't still go out. Well, it does, actually. That's what breaking up is. Will, are you gonna go to the gas works tonight? No. No! Don't you want to open your present? If it's a severed head, I'm going to be very upset. Open it. Okay. What is it? It's a gun rack. A gun rack? A gun rack. Yeah, right. I don't even own a gun, let alone many guns that would necessitate an entire rack. What am I going to do with a gun rack? You don't like it? Fine. You know, Wayne, if you're not careful, you're gonna lose me. I lost you two months ago. Are you mental? We broke up. Get the net. All right. So there you go. She is crazy. Now, if you want to hear something funny about this scene, this actually happened to Mike Myers. Wow. There is some truth to this scene right here. Uh, Wayne or Mike Myers did actually have a girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, uh, who they broke up because he had, uh, you know, he was focusing on his comedy. A week later, she tried to reconcile by buying him a gun rack and she, she gave it to him as a joke and Instead, he kind of flipped out on her and gave her the same remedy. What am I going to do with a gun rack? I don't own a gun, let alone. And later, the girl was actually not happy to see that uh, it was written to the movie because she saw it. And Mike Myers actually did call her and apologize for it. Now, Box, admit it. This is your dream woman, ain't it? Because you're not turning down a gun rack. Uh... I I I I really don't, I've only got two rifles, dude. I, I really don't need a gun rack. Um, no, it it would, it would give you reason to get more guns. <laughs> I, yeah, it could. It could. Man, I gotta put some guns in that gun rack. Yeah. Although it would, it just end up being a, a a rack for my children's guns. That's it. Little fake plastic guns up there with yellow fucking big orange tips. <laughs> Teach them early. Teach them early. That's. <laughs> Oh, my nine-year-old's already shot my rifle. So, anyway. Now, where do we roll on to from here? Now they're back. After that little scene, they get back, and they are actually going to the bar that they uh, said they weren't going to, the gas works. And this is actually where they run into Tiny, or Meatloaf, we can call him. Uh, And you know what? I wasn't planning on playing that scene, but I'm right here. And it's right now, and all I gotta do is hit a couple buttons and we can play it. So why don't we go ahead and play it? Here we go. Let's roll with it. Hey! Hey, hey you doing? Hey! Hey, Tiny, who's playing today? Jolly Green Giants, Shitty Beatles. The Shitty Beatles? Are they any good? 
They suck. But it's not just a clever name. <laughs> Who else? Uh, crucial taunt, and they're just finishing the set. I hear they can wail. You're right. Party on. Party on. Yo. All right, wait. So there you go. Meatloaf is finally there. He has some weird cameos, man, in some weird movies, you know? Like, seriously, the guy does. Like, you never know where he's going to pop up. Yeah. So let me ask you, though. I mean, obviously, this is it's not a fair uh, movie to judge his acting ability on. Right. But uh, overall, the things you've seen him in, where he's actually had, like, substantial roles, mm-hmm. how did you think he did? Pretty good. I mean, you know, you go in uh, the movie Fight Club, I absolutely don't really like. But uh, he was good in it. He was good in it. I... I I do, like I said, I like Meatloaf's music, but I also like his, his acting isn't bad. He doesn't have that many roles, but the ones he, you know, he's in, I, I, I do like those. Um, and uh, B makes has asked me if I have an AR-15. I do not. I do not own an AR-15. Just, just so you know. So no one has to be scared of me. You know, I don't own one of those. Um. Garth does go into the bar. They all go into the bar. Garth gets a kind of uh, bullied by one guy while the band is playing. He can't get past him. He does go back in after getting on his little shocking tasering belt. Yeah. Again, Garth is sort of a genius, an electronic genius. And he shocks the guy with the thing, lays him out. The guy is like the size of Andre the fucking giant. Yeah. <laughs> so... And uh, he knocks him out and everyone, you know, jumping around. But this is the first time that um, Wayne actually sees Tia Carrera up there on stage. And, of course, you know, he start, they, they do start playing a little bit of Dreamweaver. And I'll go ahead and play a little bit. This is the song that plays as soon as every time, pretty much, until he gets her. This is the song that plays. Here we go. Swing action there we got. Swing. Yes, she was swing worthy. She was swing. She still is swing worthy. <laughs> so, yeah, but there you go. So that's his first little look at her right there. Um, and, you know, she does finish the set. And once she does finish the set, a bunch of guys are out there fighting and she has to kick both their asses. Um, but she walks up and orders a drink right beside Mike Myers. And this is his first time he gets a chance to talk to her and he pretty much fucks it up. We'll go ahead and play a little bit of that too right now. Here we go. Well, you really will. Thanks. Hey, you're that party type guy on TV, Wayne, right? Yes. And you are? Cassandra. Cassandra. Rough night, huh? Everybody's kung fu fighting. Yeah. Well, nice meeting you. Hey, hold on. Uh, can I come? Yeah, you might not want to say everybody was kung fu fighting to the Asian girl. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> bad choice of words. I mean, it's just a thought. I don't know. Just just a thought, you know. Yes. Everybody yeah. was kung fu fighting. Okay. <laughs> so basically, if you're trying to bang somebody, don't bring attention to uh, whatever race they may be. <laughs> uh, it's it's usually a good idea. Usually, yes, yes. You know, most of the time, but yeah, uh, yeah, I would agree with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, this is another time Wayne says, "Oh yes, she will be mine," and he's talking about her this time, not the guitar. So you know, they go through here. Uh, they're you know driving home, making jokes to rich people, like you know the Grey Poupon joke. Back then, there were Grey Poupon commercials. Uh, people with still funny by the way. Still funny. Do you have any gray poupon? Uh, which was a Dijon mustard. I like me some gray poupon, by the way. Uh, it, it it actually isn't bad. It's very good. Uh, but now we go to again. We remember Rob Lowe. We have uh, haven't talked about Rob Lowe in a little while. He ends up at the offices of Noah, who owns the arcade. And we're going to go ahead and play a little bit of this because we do find out what's going on here a little bit. He's trying to sell this guy. Basically, what's happening is Rob Lowe was looking for a show for this guy's arcade to be featured on. And he thinks he's found it. But he hasn't even told Wayne or Garth. He hasn't even met the guys. So let's go ahead and get into this a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and play this scene. This will kind of give us an idea of what's happening and why. I watch them in my arcades. They stand like laboratory rats hitting the feeder bar to get a food pellet. But as long as they keep pumping in the quarters, who gives a shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you something. What is your single biggest problem in the arcade business? Well, um, keeping the customer informed a new product. Like, we have a new game called Xantar. Mm. Xantar is a gelatinous cube that eats warriors in a medieval village. And every time it eats a chieftain, you ascend to a higher level. The beauty part is, you can't get to the next level, so the kids keep coughing up quarters, you know? <laughs> <laughs> gelatinous cube eats village. I think it's terrific. You know, I know nothing about video games, and I found what you just said riveting. Well, I do my own commercials. I did not know that. Of course, I don't mention the games in the commercials, because the technology moves so much faster than the advertising. I did not realize that. Yeah. Russell, did you realize that? No, I did not realize that. So, Mr. Vanderhoff, let me see if I'm hearing you correctly. Are you saying that if you had a spot, say, on a weekly show, that you could come on the show and update the kids on exactly what was new in your arcade? Yeah, that's it. Well, I'm impressed. Wow. Noah's Arcade presents Wayne's World. I've got to tell you, I think that's brilliant. Brilliant? Well, thank you. We'll get right to work on this. We'll send the contracts over to your office. We'll be in touch. Oh. I'd like to think about this. Oh, of course you would. I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. She'll validate you. Thank you. He's in. All right, so basically what happened here is they just scammed the owner of the arcade. Yes. They made him think it was his idea, so now they are going after Wayne and Garth. Um, and the show, which they're not very happy about it, but they don't have a choice. Um, but again, 
we do go in and uh, from here, they need to actually meet Wayne and Garth. So I'm going to go ahead and play. This is the show where actually they go in and they start talking to him. Play a little bit of this scene again. I like just kind of playing a little bit of the Wayne and Garth stuff because you know what? It's fucking funny. So it is. It is. So here we go. We're going to play a little bit of the show here. Here we go. Right. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Right now. Right. But before we go, we'd like to take a moment here for a Wayne's World salute to the guest jeans girl, Claudia Schiffer. Swing. Swing. Tentpole. <laughs> She's a babe. She's magically <laughs> babelicious. She tested very high on the strokeability scale. <laughs> okay. Hey, are you through yet? Because I'm getting tired of holding this. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> okay, so Claudia Schiffer, we salute you. Shawing. Okay, that's all the time we have for this week. Until then, good night. Party on, Wayne. Party on, Gar. Wayne's world, Wayne's world, party time, accident. And we're clear. Right. Okay, excellent show, everyone. Great show. Wayne. Benjamin Kane, regional program director for Oliver Communications. Oh, hello. And I'm Russell Finley. We spoke earlier today. Hi. Listen, uh, maybe we can go somewhere and get acquainted? Russell, why don't you get to know the crew? You know anywhere nice? Hi. See you guys later. Hi. First. All right, so they go to this little place after this. It's a place called Daddy O's. Uh, it's now real quick, box. Let me uh, ask you something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That scene we just played, hilarious, right? Right. But do you think, in the world we live in today, you think that'd be deemed as kind of like sexist? Oh yeah. They rip it apart, analyze it to death. Oh yeah. Make make them do public apologies, the whole bit. Dude, they're calling the movie Death Wish right now with Bruce Willis, the new one coming out. Because he uses guns, they're calling it like the in in an NRA um an NRA's dream or you know an NRA member's dream. It's like, did you never see the original Death Wish with Charles Bronson? I mean, come on, people. Yeah, this movie. The sad thing is, a lot of things in this movie wouldn't fly today. And that's bad because a lot of the things that wouldn't fly today in this movie are funny. They were jokes back in the 90s. Now, they're considered yeah. sexist and racist and harassing. And yeah. yeah, You make somebody feel uncomfortable, you know. What does he, what does he mean he's popping a tent? Fuck you. <laughs> exactly, dude. It would be, no. Most of this movie wouldn't fly if it came out in 2018. Yes. You know, Un- yeah, unfortunately, it's it's sad to say, but it wouldn't, man. Yes, yeah. you know, sometimes, yeah, yes, it's sad. It is. So uh, here, let's play a little more though. There, finally, in this little bar with Rob Lowe, play a little more of the scene. Here we go. Out of the way. I'm a big fan. You are. The way I see it, your show is capable of so much more. We'll we'll try harder, okay? Just just give us a second chance. Just don't come in and cancel us without giving us a second chance. Garth, come on, relax, all right? Your pills? You can't cancel us. We're on public access. Can I be honest with you? My job, it's usually such a bore. But the other day, the most incredible thing happened. What happened? 
Noah Vanderhoff, the owner of the largest chain of video arcades in Chicago. It's in my office. And he asks me, what's with this show, Wayne's World, that I keep hearing so much about? Well, I have all your shows on tape. Like I said, I'm a fan. I put a show in for him, and he literally jumped out of his seat. Cool. Immediately, he wants to sponsor the show, put you on our station, and pay you guys a huge salary. Of course, what he doesn't realize is that you're both artists, and that you're not interested in money. No, we're not interested in money. That's what I told him. But he said, go to Aurora anyway and take two cashier's checks with you so they at least know that I'm serious. I know that I may be wasting my time, but here I am with the contract and two cashier's checks for $5,000 each. Excuse me? Baking powder? It sounded like you said you were going to pay us for doing Wayne's World. I know. You just give me the word and I'll tear up these checks right here. No, <gasps> uh, no, 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 no. Who shoots he scores? Well, would you like to look at the contracts? Yes. Do you uh, have a lawyer? Yes. Uh, no, uh, we're between lawyers right now. You see, our first lawyer screwed our affairs so badly. That's right. I walked right into that office. This is what I did. And I reached across that desk and I grabbed him by his big fat head and I said, Listen, man, I'm not going to jail for you or anybody. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so Garth's freaking out a little bit. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that is. Jesus, yeah. It's been a long time. Cashier's check. <laughs> do people still do those? Uh, I actually do every month until I pay my rent. Uh, oh, so you're one of the last holdouts from actually paying online, Bots? Uh, yeah, and my landlords. It's so much easier for me to do it that way. It's it's out of my account. If I have money in my account, you burn a hole in my pocket, dude. So just get it out of my account right away. That's what I yeah. do. That's what I do, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually like that too. It's like I like to as soon as the bill hits, I'm ready. Like fuck it, if I got the money on hand, I'd rather just pay it than I just than, than sit on it. Yeah, absolutely. Because if I sit on it, it's gone. It's gone. I don't know how, but it's fucking gone. I used to be able to save money. I, I it's like fucking. I forgot how to do it. Save what's that? <laughs> I don't know. I got two kids and a wife. I can't save shit. Your beer budget alone. My beer budget is a part of it. Yeah. Bowl budget, yeah. My, my lot going on. My bowl budget is part of it too. Anyway, let's. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <Bullet budget. laughs> uh, Rob, yeah. Uh, Rob Lowe is working his little plan here. He's, you know, he 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 said he was a fan of this. Show. I've got all your shows on tape. Rob Lowe is the fucking ultimate salesman in this yeah. movie, and he's he's good. He's really fucking good. Um. But we go a little more. They're going to look over the contract a little bit. I figured I'd play a little more of this scene. Cause it's a damn good scene. And here we go. Can I have an opportunity to peruse that contract before we sign it? Hmm. Yes. Yes. I like what you've done here. Ah. Hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, I dropped my pin. I'm not so sure about... Oh, I see. Hi. Um, does this seem weird? I mean, why does this guy have contracts? Did you ever see the Twilight Zone where the guy signed a contract, and they cut out his tongue, and they put it in a jar, and it wouldn't die? It just grew and pulsated and gave birth to baby tongues? Pretty cool, huh? I gotta go. Oh, I like this part. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel we can work with you on this project. All right, so obviously they have really no clue what they're talking about. And for those of you going, hey, 
maybe they'll tell us exactly which episode of Twilight Zone that Garth is talking about. It doesn't exist. Just so you know. Uh (laughs) It does not exist. It was not a real episode. He's just bullshitting here. So, you know, there you go. There's, there's, There's a little tidbit for you. But again... Rob Lowe being the fucking salesman, he knew these guys can't want money. They do sign the contract. They basically don't realize they're signing over their show. All they realize is they've got five thousand dollars each. Yeah, yeah, that's how they get you. It is, man. It's definitely how they fucking suck you right in, dude. Yep, the money is always in ownership of whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. whether it's music. Whether it's uh, movies, TV shows, concepts, the money is in the concept because that's where you make the money, like, in residuals down the line. Yeah, absolutely, man. But, uh, you know, from there, they do go back to Gasworks and, you know, there or some club. And T. Carrera is playing again. Wayne, again, is doing everything he can to try to talk to her. And he also sees Stacy there. And the one thing he's doing is trying to get the hell away from Stacy. Um, but in the middle of this, what Tia Carrera doesn't know is Wayne has been learning a little bit of Cantonese for her. Or can Mandarin. Mandarin? Yes. Mandarin. Sorry. Oranges. Mandarin oranges. Mandarin oranges. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There we go. But um, we, we go to this. Finally, he's, you know, he, he did manage to dodge Stacy. And play a little bit of the scene where he actually asks Tia Carrera, let's go, you know, can we go somewhere and talk? And he gets her up basically, looks like the roof. And here we go. Let's play a little bit of this fucking scene right here. Who's this guy, Benjamin? Only one of the most important producers in television. He's way ahead of his time. We've signed with him. He's based in Chicago. He gave me his business card. He's interested in the band. Of course. I love your band. You guys will. Thanks. You guys kick ass. You're double live Gonzo. Intensity in ten cities. Live at Budokan. You know, if you guys got a break, you could really make it. Yeah, and if a frog had wings, it. Uh, oh, hold on. With him bump his ass when he hopped. Interesting. All right, real quick. He mentioned three albums there. If you didn't hear, uh, two of those albums are Ted Nugent albums. One of them is a Cheap Trick album. Just so you know who he's talking about there. So he did compare her to actual albums. Not just, he's not just pulling something out of his ass. So two Ted, yeah, two Nugent albums and one Cheap Trick album. Did you know that already? No, I honestly didn't. Yeah, who did? Good insight there. Yeah, fucking thank you, IMDB. Uh, Anyway, let's go ahead and play a little more of this scene and we'll go from there. Where did you learn English? College. And the police academy movies. Ah. Cassandra. I've got something I want to say to you. Campbell, that's amazing. You learned how to say I look pretty in Cantonese. Okay, it was Cantonese. Anthony, you're fucking wrong. Uh, anyway, uh, he does go through now in the. Oh, motherfucker. We wanted to... <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Now, in the real movie, <laughs> there's subtitles. In the one I have, I don't have any. 
I don't know why, but there's no subtitles in this. I don't know what he's saying. Um, but the part before this, we have to, we have to, we do have to rewind a touch. Uh, Stacy walked up to Garth and Garth was like, yeah, you're crazy. Move on and find another guy. So Stacy actually ends up up, up on the roof with another guy. She's making out with him. Wayne is kind of, uh, making his move a little bit by speaking Cantonese to Tia Carrera and somehow Stacy ends up falling you know, while she's making out with her guy. And from there, we end up at a little scene where Garth and Wayne are just sort of chilling. And they are chilling by the airport after the end of the night. Oh, box side note. Uh-huh. Quick little side note. You know what this movie taught me? What? Quickest and easiest and most effective way to get laid? Mm-hmm. Find yourself a crazy broad. Fresh out of a relationship. Crazy broad. Rebound. <laughs> Rebound, yep. crazy, broad, agreed. Always the best ones to grab for at least one fucking night, especially after they've been drinking a couple. Uh, but yes. anyway, <laughs> anyway, that is now considered sexual assault, and you cannot do that. But anyway, uh, again, they're outside an airport. They're waiting for a plane. I'm going to play this scene. I'm going to give you a little tidbit about it, and we can go ahead and go from there. Here we go. Sometimes I wish I could boldly go where no man's gone before. But I'll probably stay in Aurora. What are you thinking about? Cassandra. She's a fox. In France, she would be called La Renard, and she would be hunted with only her cunning to protect her. She's a babe. She's a robo-babe. In Latin, she would be called Babia Majora. If she were a president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. Did you ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when he'd put on a dress and play a girl bunny? No. (laughs) No. Neither did I. I was just asking. All right. So here they are outside of an airport waiting for a plane to come by. And, you know, go right over them because they're, you know, outside the, the, uh, the runway. And if you've ever thought that laugh is a little weird for a movie laugh, there's a reason. That line was 100% ad-libbed by Dana Carvey. And the laugh was real. Yes. What was that? So what was that about him being a Genetti again? Yeah, exactly. Genius. 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 Uh, They decided to leave the line in because... It made Mike Myers laugh so hard. Basically, all they were doing was waiting and waiting and waiting for a plane. And suddenly, Dana Carvey came up with that line. So Awesome. Yeah. Incredible line. Definitely. Another line that, you know, uh, just, again, the fact that they left it in really says something about it. And that laugh by Mike Myers, you could, I, I always thought that laugh was a little... Off. I'm like, did he overdo it or was he really laughing? And it was good to read in uh, that he was really laughing at that line. And that's why <laughs> it was so fucking funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess you could say that laugh was him uh, breaking character, so to speak. It was because it they were just rolling film and they weren't they were waiting. 
Yes. But they didn't want to miss their turn. So, yes. you know, their their time when the plane came by. But, uh, you know, now is where they kind of go into the studio. Again, they signed and they bought Wayne's World, these two guys. And they're in the studio and things are a little bit weird for them. They're kind of making jokes and no one's really laughing. And they're realizing this is a little more serious than they thought. And they go to make their uh, their first show. And this is when they realize how much the show is really going to change. And they're not fucking happy with it, especially, you know, especially Garth. But uh, let's go ahead and play this a little bit. And after this, I think we're going to take a quick break uh, slash I got to piss. Uh, so hold on one sec. Let's go ahead and play this part. Hello to Wayne Campbell and Garth Algar. It's a pleasure to meet you. Hi, nice to meet you. Hello. So, Garth, how do you like being in a real studio? Um, it's, it's like a new pair of underwear, you know? At first, it's constrictive, but after a while, it becomes a part of you. I gotta go. Okay. No, 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 please. Wayne, I used to be in meatpacking, lips and hooves. And then one day, I had a four-hour layover in Tulsa. Well, there were these kids in the airport that kept pumping quarters into a game called Pong. They must have gone through 50 bucks. Well, I sat there watching and I said, hell, I'm in the wrong business. 15 years later, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> it's so huge. Thanks. Do I frighten you? No. Do you want me to? You know, Noah, I got to tell you, I love you on that couch. Thanks. There you go. So again, by the way, that was the part right there where Michael DeLuise comes out. Again, Dom DeLuise's son, one of uh, one of three, I believe. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we're talking about famous relatives there. That guy uh, that we just heard, Noah, mm-hmm. played by Brian Doyle, Doyle Murray. Mm-hmm. Bill Murray's brother. Yes, I'm he just is. learning this tonight. Yes. Amazing. I yep. should have picked up on that from the get-go because like, the facial, facial resemblance is like uncanny if you really pay attention to his facial features uh he's actually we did talk about him when we did um christmas vacation did we uh, do christmas yeah. vacation it was us right not yet not yet no he was in christmas vacation god damn it next year that movie gets done yes absolutely absolutely yeah he was in christmas vacation by the way he was the boss of uh he was uh griswold the, the, the griswold's boss yeah, and uh, he he is in that movie. So, all right. Like I said, I need to piss. We're gonna take a quick break. We will come back. Uh, Anthony, you okay with that? I hope. No problems. Well, thank God, because if I don't piss, I'm gonna fucking really. Yes. Um, yeah, something's gonna happen. Something bad. Yes. THC equals a lot of things, but pissing on ourselves is not one of them. No, I'm not. We'll be right back. No, no. Well, you you guys can enjoy some fucking Jimi Hendrix, Foxy Lady. While I go take a piss, we'll be right back. Thanks for hanging, guys. See ya. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. PhD movie review. Sorry about that. I could not wait no longer. I had to take a piss. I couldn't wait anymore, goddammit. Let my people piss. Oh my god, I swear to god, Anthony, I feel uh I I feel four point three pounds lighter after that piss. 
Yes, I, yes, I, and I don't care what anybody says. A good piss is very underrated. Whew. Literally, I, <laughs> really. <laughs> I took a piss. I took my shoes off. I feel better now. I feel better. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. We can finish this fucking movie now. I don't think I'll have to take another piss. But anyway, let's go ahead and get rolling. This is THD Movie Review. So we are going to continue reviewing this motherfucking movie. And uh, we are still at the same part. Uh, Wayne is meeting Mr. Vanderhoof, I believe his name is. And we're going to play a little bit more of that part. We'll get right back into another little scene here where he's sort of sitting on the couch and talking to him and you see what kind of a goof this guy is, but you know, we'll get into that right now. Here we go. It's chill. It's fresh. It's Noah's arcade. What do you think of that? I'd have to say a sphincter says what? What? A sphincter says what? What? Exactly. <laughs> oh, we've got a lunch. That's what I think of it. <laughs> okay. Well, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> may I say I have just had a thrilling day. You may. Shall we? And may I say your wife's a babe. Well, thank you. We have a table. <laughs> All right, so there we go. They go now. And uh, from this little scene, we go on to, you know, Garth, who's, you know, chilling in his house. He wakes up. That's what he does. Wakes up. And his dog is sitting there. His dog is sort of looks like Lassie, but like a punk version of Lassie. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's Lassie's cool. Lassie's cooler older brother. It is. Um, and this is a scene where, again, you know, they're out there. They go outside and they're playing uh, street hockey. And, you know, every time I call, you know, they're yelling game on. Every time a car comes, they yell, you know, car, game on again. It's. It's kind of a scene, but it's kind of a visual scene, so I didn't really want to play it for you guys. But, uh, you know, from there we go. They see Stacy. She's riding a bike. She crashes her bike. And if you notice in this scene, Lara Flynn Boyle has, like, massive camel toe going on. So if you do ever watch this movie again, when she gets up, from falling off, from rolling over the car on the bike, watch for the camel toe. It is massive. I don't know. If, uh, I, I don't know if that's like a spoiler or like a something no one ever noticed. But holy shit, camel fucking toe. Soapbox. Mm -hmm. Is it safe to say that you're a fan of the camel toe? Certain women. If it's a moose knuckle, I'm not happy with it. <laughs> but when she does get up finally from the uh, little accident, she has serious camel toe going on. So anyway, there's a little uh, a little little Easter egg, if you will. Uh, <laughs> and this is and then we go to uh, Rob Lowe. And again, they're in the studio. Rob Lowe walks down. Garth is building a robot. Um. Now, it's not said in the movie, but it's implied that the reason he's building this robot is to go after, is to kill Benjamin. And if you see that in this scene, the hand actually starts going after Benjamin and he has to beat it with a hammer. Uh, instead of me explaining, I'm going to go ahead and play a little bit of this scene as Benjamin's talking to him. 
and let's go ahead and roll with it. You know, Garth, you and I have never really talked. Okay. You know, I love what you do on the show. I mean, I look at you and I just laugh and laugh. Uh-huh. Let me run this by you because you're a sharp guy. I'm thinking about giving Vanderhoff a weekly interview on the show. How would you feel about making a change? We fear change. So, Cassandra, I just have to say it, you look excellent. Thanks. I've been so busy lately with my band, I've been going shithouse. I thought I was getting... All right, went a little too far on that scene. But, uh, yeah, so, again, he's trying to ma manipulate Garth, but Garth sort of... He sees through the shit. He does see through him a little bit, but, again, Garth is very shy. He doesn't want to say anything to Wayne because he's, again, a shy guy, the underdog in the movie. But um, Doesn't like confrontation. Doesn't like confrontation. Rolling with things, exactly. Kind of that roll, roll with the punches kind of guy, you know? So, you know, as, as you heard, though, we are at a scene now where he's kind of in the car with Cassandra. And again, he's uh, doing his best to uh, make some time with Cassandra and get to know her. And, you know, they are starting to actually have a little bit of fun and fun together. Um. And they go to the guitar store. Again, if you remember, Wayne pulled up to the guitar store and said, one day this will be mine. So now they go back to the guitar store. And here's another incredibly memorable scene from this movie. Um, and we're going to go ahead and roll this scene for you here. There it is, Excalibur. Wow, 64 Fender Stratocaster in classic white with triple single coil pickups and a whammy ball. Pre-CBS Fender corporate buyout. I'd raise the bridge, file down the nut, and take the buzz out the low E. God, I love this woman. Hi, Garth. Hi. Where's the clerk? I know. I'll use the may I help you riff. Yes, my good man. I'd like to have a look at this Fender Stratocaster, please. Oh, really? Yes. Again? Yes. All right, real quick, just so everyone knows what's going on. While Wayne is about to get to the, to the guitar, Garth sits down at a set of drums and is sort of just messing around with them, not really doing anything. But um, I think we need to hear his little drum solo here. So let's go ahead and hear his drum solo right now. Be careful. No stairway. Denied.
reasons I played that scene. The first one is obviously the Led Zeppelin. He wasn't allowed to play Stairway to Heaven. Obviously, one of the most played things in a music store. Actually, in London, they started either fining people or banned that song from being played on guitars to buy guitars. Wow. Yes. Um, and if you're one, <laughs> and again, now this drum solo, if you're wondering, hey, I wonder who played that. It was Dana Carvey. This was another, another one for the uh, Carve Man. Absolutely, man. This is actually Dana Carvey playing this fucking drum solo, just so everybody knows. Um, it's a 36 second drum solo, but the reason he did this is because every Saturday night, Saturday Night Live sketch had Garth playing some sort of drum solo. But this was actually Dana Carvey playing this fucking drum solo. So, yeah, like you said, man, just another reason to think this guy is a fucking absolute maniac, dude. Yes. Now, uh, real quick, before, before I lose this thought. Now, obviously, we mentioned Master Disguise, and he gets lost in his character. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know about you, but it's like every movie I've seen him in, seen him in before and after Wayne's World, when I see him in Wayne's World, for some reason, he just he's not totally recognizable to me. With the wig. maybe it's the wig, but you get what I'm saying? Like he looks kind of different in Wayne's World. It's, maybe it's the wig and the glasses. No, it's actually the overbite he has. He oh. he forces the. He, actually, he said that for months after this movie, his jaw was sore from doing the overbite that he does with 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 Garth. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, he actually literally forces an overbite. Oh. So, yeah, man, he, he just absolutely crazy, though. That That's actually Dana Carvey playing that fucking scene. So, uh, Good man, Megs, in the chat. Have you seen this Tia uh, picture he dropped in the chat? It's loading up. Let's, uh, I'm going to go ahead, though. While we're doing that, I'll go ahead and play a little Speaking more. Speaking of loading up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll do a little, I'll play a little more of this scene right now, and we'll go ahead and roll from there. You're amazing, dude. Thanks. I like to play. Excuse me, Wayne. Can I put the fender back now, please? Not today, my good man. I'm feeling saucy. I think I'm gonna buy it. Do you accept cash? <laughs> All right, so he does buy it. I mean, he got the money from, you know, Rob Lowe and the company. So he does end up buying the guitar that he's been dreaming of buying forever. So finally he gets it. And uh, by the way, excellent picture of Tia Carrere. Yes. Yes, beautiful. She, uh, whew. Good picture. Thank you, B-Megs. Yes, You're I might have to have a... <laughs> I might have to create a top five. Do you? So far, yeah, I might have, a, let me see, so far I got Ivory in there, mm -hmm. Tia Carrera. I might have to keep track of these. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, this is where we go to another sort of classic scene in the movie where uh, Rob Lowe comes and tells him that, uh, look, you guys are going to have to start putting ads in a little bit. Uh, and they're like, oh man, we don't sell out. We're not, a, we're against that stuff. As they're doing it though, they're talking, they're literally showing ads. 
I'll go ahead and play it. So it's visual. I wasn't planning on playing it, but what the hell? Again, I'm here, and here we go. The fact is, he's the sponsor. And you signed a contract guaranteeing him certain concessions, one of them being a spot on the show. Well, that's where I see things just a little differently. Contractor, no. I will not bow to any sponsor. Pizza Hut. Sorry, you feel that way, but basically it's the nature of the beast. Maybe I'm wrong on this one, but for me, the beast doesn't include selling out. Doritos. Garth, you know what I'm talking about, right? Reebok. It's like people only do things because they get paid. And that's just really sad. I can't talk about it anymore. It's giving me a headache. Newprint. Here, take two of these. Ah, Newprint. Little. Yellow. Different. Look, you can stay here in the big leagues and play by the rules, or you can go back to the farm club in Aurora. It's your choice. Yes. And it's the choice of a new generation. Pepsi. All right, so there you go. As they're saying they don't sell out, they're literally selling out. Product placement. Man, this was product placement that I could deal with. Oh, I could deal. This, was, yes. this was product placement at its best. Yes. I mean, you can't get any better it's, than this. It was actually funny. Like, you know, not this ain't the wrestling show, but especially in modern times, whenever I watch WWE, it always, it always annoys me when it's so obvious that they're shilling, you know, whether it's Mountain Dew or somebody, you know, that is clear, for whatever reason, they clearly don't like. It's just literally full bottles unopened just sitting there. Yeah. For the sole purpose of advertising Mountain Dew or whether, you know, burger places. It, it's just, it comes across forced. At least here it was funny. Right. And obviously I was yelling out names in order to just kind of keep you guys, you know, with the scene of the movie. You know, those were the companies that they were advertising while they're saying, you know, hey, we... We would never sell out, but, uh, you know, and again, it was a visual scene, so I tried to make it not as visual by yelling out names. Hope I didn't bother anybody doing that, but uh, again, now we go back to the diner, and since Ed O'Neill didn't get enough fucking time in the movie, I'm going to play every little scene Ed O'Neill has. How's that sound? Absolutely. Good. Here's another one right here. Anything wrong, David? Yeah. I got paid today. Oh, yeah, I know what that's like. No, you don't understand. They laid me off. I got one of these. Yeah, I know how that feels. You know what I like to do? Yeah, I know what you'd like to do. You'd like to find the guy that did it. Rip his still beating heart out of his chest and hold it in front of his face so he can see how black it is before he dies. Actually, I was thinking about filing agreements with the union. Well, the world's a twisted place. All right. Again, Ed O'Neill, one bad motherfucker. All I can say, one bad motherfucker. Absolutely. Absolutely, dude. But, uh, you know, again, for a third time, like you said, Married with Children was blowing up at this time. They probably got him for every scene they could while they could. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So it's probably not a case that I'm, it's, if they had more access to him, I'm sure they would have had him around more. But I'm guessing, like, married with, his Married with Children obligations precluded that from happening. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, you can understand all that. 
that's not a big deal. Not a big deal. Yeah, he should have had a better, bigger part in the movie, but, you know. At least they had him for as long as they did. Yeah, exactly. Uh, This is the second part where Garth sees the dream woman, and again, it's knocking him back, dropping him down. He's just absolutely in love with her. T. Carrera says, go for it. And we get a little part here where he does Foxy Lady and it, by Jimi Hendrix. And he the whole time, though, he's kind of given her vibes. And I can't play this scene. It's not worth it because, you know, it's just music and he's doing all. But if you haven't seen this movie, at least go on YouTube and put Wayne's World, Foxy Lady, see this scene. It is Dana Carvey at his best. At his absolute best. Do you know what scene I'm talking about, Anthony? Yes. Yeah, I do. Yes. Yeah, he's just pumping his pelvis and doesn't know why. But it does turn on the girl. She does start giving him a few smiles. And, you know, if you go to Wayne's World 2, he does end up kind of being a ladies' man. But, uh, you know, from there, though, we move on unfortunately but we do move on a little bit and from there wayne is uh in his uh cassandra's loft and they're just kind of you know going back and forth a little bit kind of flirting a little bit he's kind of uh trying to give her a little piece and being sexy but uh i'm gonna play a little bit of the scene and here we go number one camera two Camera one, camera two, camera one, camera two, camera one, camera two. (laughs) Camera one, camera two. (laughs) Tell me, when that first show is over, will you still love me when I'm an incredibly humongoid giant star? Yeah. Will you still love me when I'm in my hanging out with Ravi Shankar phase? Yeah. Will you still love me when I'm in my carbohydrate, sequin jumpsuit, young girls in white cotton panties, waking up in a pool of your own vomit, bloated, purple, dead on a toilet face? Yeah. Okay, party. Barney. All right, real quick, if you're wondering who he's referring to in both of those little comments, the first comment is, uh, he mentions Rafi Shakerson. Uh, that is George Harrison. The second comment, obviously, is about Elvis. Dead on a toilet, purple jumpsuit, uh, sequin jumpsuit wearing. Obviously, <laughs> Elvis Presley comment. <laughs> of course you would pick up on the Elvis references. Well, I, yeah, you're right. You're right. What can I say? You're right. I would. I'm an Elvis man. I told you that already. But anyway, hey. let's go ahead and play the rest of this fucking scene. Yeah. Oh, hi, Anthony. Who's Anthony? Who's Anthony? My drummer. Okay. You what? No, I told you next week we'll be doing a music video. Do you mind? This is business. Hey, you want to be a busboy the rest of your life? Well, then talk to your boss. (laughs) All right. By the way, during this whole scene where she's trying to have this serious conversation. Mike Myers is clenching his butt cheeks, rolling his stomach, and just being a goofy, goofy bastard. And again, 
most of the scene improvised, just so you know. Um, again, we're not taking anything away from Mike Myers here. He is a brilliant person, brilliant comic. Dana Carvey, a different one, just yes. two, di- two, two different kind of geniuses, if you ask me. Yes, in that box, you know, I, I should uh, break the news to the uh, listeners here and yourself. The Anthony she's talking to is me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeez, yes, I never knew. Yes, me. <laughs> I never knew. Yes. My God, a revelation on this show. <laughs> Anthony was in Wayne's World. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yes. They caught, they caught Tia. This is actually a, a, a ad lib scene. Mm. They, they caught her calling me in between takes. They decided to keep in the movie. There you go. That's you go. what it is. Yes. If if you only knew, Mike Myers was down there getting some while you were yeah. while you were talking to him. <laughs> that bastard. <laughs> Damn it! All right, let's play a little more of this scene, and then we'll move on to the next one. Let's go ahead and roll a little bit. Look, this guy Benjamin is putting up serious money for this thing. Yeah. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Happy birthday to you. Work it out, okay? Just, no, just be there. Okay, bye. You asshole! This was the gratuitous sex scene thing that they showed. Uh, but yeah, anyway. Uh, Uber nice to actually see that. Of course, I just saw T. Carrera naked in the chat room. That's which, which is why you should be in Mixer.com slash THT podcast. Yes. Exactly why you should be here. Uh, Especially anyway. on Saturday nights, exactly. 11.30 Eastern. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and from this scene, we do go to where they finally go to Benjamin's apartment. And they're kind of hanging out in Benjamin's apartment. Again, Rob Lowe. And uh, again, Garth is sort of not, you know, with this shit. He knows something's going on. So he's sort of looking around his apartment as Wayne is just having a good time. And we'll play a little bit of this scene. Garth, again, finds some things that he wants to uh, bring out to the camera. Uh-huh. What's this? How to pick up chicks. How to meet women. He's smooth. Uh-huh. Daily reminder. Thursday. Purchase feeble public access cable show and exploit it. Well, I feel sorry for whoever that is. Let's look over here. Rib for her pleasure. Ew. Well, the show looks great. Mr. Vanderhoff's very excited. I'm very excited. I mean, I think the show's going to be a huge hit all over the Chicagoland area. Look, I want you and Garth to have these. It's two tickets to Alice Cooper's concert tomorrow night in Milwaukee. Wow, backstage passes. Whoa. All access backstage with Alice Cooper? Thank you. Take the day off. Enjoy yourselves. What about Cassandra? She and I have work to do. Here's to your success. No. Here's to Benjamin. 
All right, so Benjamin is working these guys and working these guys and working these guys. Um, and again, doing a hell of a job. This guy's a great fucking salesman. Yeah. I really wish I could hire him. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And honestly, it's like he's just a up, like, for more than, like, I would say about a good 85% of the movie, he doesn't really come across as dickish, just a good salesman. The dickish side doesn't really come out to, like, last 30, 35 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but this scene is also where Wayne starts realizing how good this guy really is. And let's go ahead and listen to this right now. Chinese takeout. I know a great place. I'll have the cream of some young guy. <laughs> Cassandra, why don't you order? Oh, no, I'm sure whatever you order will be fine. Oh, okay. Why? No song you know I Mountain Dew, Pepsi Cola, Young Sao Tao Fan. This guy is good. I picked up a little Cantonese when I was in the Orient. You know, you sound a lot like you're from Kowloon Bay as opposed to Hong Kong. I was born in Kowloon Bay. There you have it. This guy's really good. Alright, so basically what we see here is Wayne not only realizing this guy is good, but realizing this guy might be a little bit of a fucking threat. Um, but they do go ahead and go to Milwaukee while Cassandra is recording a song, her first song. And T. Carrera, by the way, did did do all the vocals you're hearing. All of them. Even the ball, even the ballroom blitz song that you hear her sing, when you hear her singing, it is her singing. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we got fucking Dana Carvey playing drums and Tia Carrera actually fucking singing. Very good. I mean, and honestly, it's always cool to find like little tidbits out like that. Mm-hmm. Shows the true talent of the uh, actors on the screen. Yeah, that everything's not everything's not like a, a mirage. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. Uh, I, I do like when they do that, man. It really does make a difference in the fucking movie. But uh, these guys, again, they're going to see um, Alice. Oh, excuse me. A little beer burp there. They're going to see Alice Cooper. They're traveling to Milwaukee from Chicago. And the one funny thing I see in this movie is they she, they see Shots Brewery. Which is a La- oh. a Laverne and Shirley reference, yes. Yes. and they do they recreate the whole Laverne and Shirley in- intro, and it's 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 great. I love it. I love the Laverne and Shirley thing going on here. It, it, did you ever watch that show? By the way, I, I know you're way yes, I... younger, but did you did? Yes. Hey, look, I was a Nickelodeon uh, Nick at Night kid. All right, all right. I mean, I watched it. You know, when I was young. Oh, you know, when it was originally on, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. I did, but back uh, when back when they used to say all new Laverne and Shirley uh, next week. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, back before PVR and all that shit going on. Um, yeah. Now they do show up at Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper is rocking the fuck out. I have seen Alice Cooper. Love? 
Yes, sir. That's actually cool. When? Was it 90s? No. No, it was probably, I'm going to go 2005 or 6, but I'll tell you what. He put on the same kind of show. He is great. He is a showman in college. So you didn't feel like he- so you didn't feel like you were getting the passes from Alex Cooper? No, no. And he nice. was he was not young when I saw him. Like I said, probably two thousand. I'd say two thousand five, two thousand six. But he was incredible when I saw him, and still fucking rocking the fucking stage. But uh, you know, and they end up backstage. Uh, but I do want to play Chris Farley's part. Yes, because this show is incredibly like pro Chris Farley. We did a whole episode on the man. If you haven't heard it, go back on iTunes or and you know anywhere we are. Look look in the archives. You will find our Chris Farley episode. We put this guy over yes. probably more than any other any other fucking person would. But Chris Farley, this is his actual literally. This is the first film he was ever in, and this is the first scene he ever had in an actual movie. So let's go ahead and roll it. Is this Alice's limo? No, it belongs to Frank Sharp, head of Sharp Records. Good friend of Alice's. Wow, that's like way bigger than a normal-sized car. Well, it has to be. He drives everywhere. Hates to fly. He's going across the country right now to look for new acts assigned to his label. Next stop is St. Louis. And he's going to come back through Chicago on his way to Detroit. Thanks. All right. This scene is pretty, you know, obviously Chris Farley's debut. A little bit of foreshadowing to a little bit of uh, uh, further in the movie. Now. Oh, Fox, real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While that, was, while that scene was playing, I had looked up a little bit of info on Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. So, uh. Recently had a birthday on February 4th, right. 70 years old now. Uh, wow. Did some math. So if you saw him back in 05, 06, he was around like the uh, 57, 58 range. Wow, man. And still rocked the fucking stage, dude. Very cool. Man. Still rocked Reading the a stage. Check. I went, still doing tours, apparently. Yeah, according to BMAX, he's going on tour this year. And I, to be honest with you, dude, if he's if he's coming to Dallas, I'll... I might have You'll to, leave the house for this one? I might You'll have to fucking go see him, man. He is really good. I like to see showman in concert, dude. I really do. And, you know, he is. And, I mean, I God, I wish ACDC was still going. But these – Alice Cooper is one of those guys who's a real showman. Marilyn Manson got a lot of his shit from Alice Cooper. And he'd be the first person to tell you that. But uh, – His look alone, yeah. Yeah, his look, his the way his show is, the way – literally – Marilyn Manson puts on a a show when he does a concert, dude. It's really it's amazing to see. Even if you're not a Marilyn Manson fan, you can appreciate what he does. I mean, it might be a very strange comparison, but he's like he's like Cher when it comes to doing a fucking concert. You know, Cher changes outfits and does this and does that. He's like that. He changes outfits, he changes stage scenes. And it's pretty cool to see Marilyn Manson do it, but Alice Cooper, I went with uh, my 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 best friend Mike Kuntz from Florida and his mother. <laughs> his mother turned out to be our little concert going buddy. We saw the Stones with her. We saw Marilyn oh. Manson with her. 
We saw Blues Travelers with her. We saw 311. Uh, She was at an OzFest with us. All aboard? Yeah, she was... She loved going to concerts, dude. Very cool. So we dragged her along to a ton of... She loves going to Marilyn Manson's concerts, dude. But... uh, That's what it's about, man. When you pay that kind of money to go to a concert, as ridiculous as it sounds, it's more than just the music that you're paying for. Mm-hmm. You want to you wanna see an experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we had a ton of... I mean, I saw some great concerts, though, dude, with, with my buddy Mike and his mom. And she literally... I would sit there and roll joints right beside her. She wouldn't say a word. That's a cool mom. Not, <laughs> not one... Didn't... Wouldn't smoke, but didn't say a word. Not one word. I'd be passing fucking joints right beside her. Not a word. But uh, anyway, they're seeing Alice Cooper. They're backstage, and obviously they're happy. They're showing their backstage passes to anyone that'll fucking look at them. And finally, they do end up uh, in Alice Cooper's room. And let's go ahead and just play the scene right from where they do actually end up in the room. And uh, here we go. Yeah, come on in. Sorry to bother you, but we have to come and tell you how much we really enjoyed the show, didn't we, Garth? (laughs) Oh, thanks. We're not mental or anything, so don't be afraid. My name is Wayne, and this is Garth. Definitely locals. Nice to meet you guys. So, do you come to Milwaukee often? Well... I'm a regular visitor here, but Milwaukee has certainly had its share of visitors. The French missionaries and explorers were coming here as early as the late 1600s to trade with the Native Americans. In fact, isn't Milwaukee an Indian name? Yes, Pete, it is. Actually, it's pronounced Miliwake, which is Algonquin for the good land. I was not aware of that. I think one of the most interesting aspects of Milwaukee is the fact that it's the only major American city to have ever elected three socialist mayors. Does this guy know how to party or what? Huh? Huh? All right. The room goes quiet. Now, the funny thing about this scene, Anthony, is A, uh, Alice Cooper expected to be doing a concert singing thing and have maybe a quick one line in the movie. Come to find out, he comes to the thing and he has a whole script to remember. But... Alice Cooper actually is a huge history buff, so didn't really have many lines to remember because he knew all this stuff anyway. Wow. Yeah, he is really, he, in real life, he's a huge history buff, and it's just, you know, this was all kind of uh, common knowledge to him anyway. Nice. Now, real quick, I mean, obviously this is PG-13, so it's only so far it could go. <laughs> but if you had to guess... In his prime, Alice Cooper. You think uh, backstage at one of his concerts, all kinds of crazy shit was probably going on? Okay. Or was he just reading history books and shit? I, I can't picture him just reading history, giving history lessons. And no, uh, probably at one point there was some crazy shit going on. But I believe he's one of the, he's another one of those guys that's been married for a really long time in the business. So I don't know how long it was going on. But I I do believe he's one of those, you know, long married guys. But, I mean, Alice Cooper now, all you ever see is him playing golf. 
loves golf, apparently. He's a golfer. So, now, we go from that scene the next Oh, by the way, you're right. I'm sorry. What? Um, Let me see. 1949 to uh, 2017. Wow. Alice Cooper? Yeah. Born in 19... No, 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 um, no, no. He was with this woman. Oh, for that from from what year? Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, like, no, I'm sorry. She was born in uh, 1949. Hmm. So, like, from about 70 mid 70s, like to like the uh, early 90s, late 80s. All right, yeah. Damn, 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 long time, dude. Still a long time. Yeah, for music business, that's a fucking long time. But. Uh, now we go from that scene off to where he, uh, Wayne and Garth do go into the studio and they have already basically ruined their show. And uh, let's go ahead and get into how they've ruined it. You'll see they've got pre-recorded things. They've got an announcer. Here we go. This world is brought to you by Noah's Arcade. Party on, Wayne. It's time to party with your excellent host, Wayne Campbell. And with him, as always, is Garth. Party on, Wayne. And party on, Garth. Wayne's World! Okay, uh, welcome to Wayne's World. Party on, Garth. I guess. Okay. Okay, first of all, we'd like to take a moment here on Wayne's World to welcome our sponsor. He's the owner <laughs> of a fine chain of Noah's arcades. Noah Vanderhoff. Nice name. Not. All right. So they actually have to bring the sponsor on the couch. Uh, before this, though, Wayne grabs a pen. And as he's reading off of the cue cards in his hand, the index cards, he's written on the back of each of them. And they all say, like, the first one says sphincter boy. Uh, the next one says he blows goats. I have proof. And he's rolling these through, again, completely making fun of the sponsor while he's literally talking about his business in a serious way. Um, this actually, you know, it actually gets him fired. Um, we'll go, give me one second here. I'm going to get to the next fucking, the next scene, right where he does get called up to the office uh, like a little schoolboy. And uh, here we go, right to the next fucking scene. Here we go. I hope. Wayne, could you come up to the booth, please? Oh, honey, you're incredible. I think it went really well. <laughs> Absolutely, honey. There was a huge response in that little room up there. Really? Sir, I can assure you that those phrases were not on the cards when I gave them to him. Wayne, what the hell is going on? What are you doing? Same thing we always do. You've publicly humiliated the sponsor. Yeah. You're fired. Fired? For that? Yeah. Right. That's it. I'm out of here. And I'm taking my show with me. We own the show. Ah, bite me. Okay. Are we back? Stand by. Coming back? And go. Five, four, three. I'm having a good time. Not. 
All right, so they come back, and obviously Garth is scared to death because he's by himself. So they don't really show whatever happens, but uh, at this point we go back to Tia Carrera. She gets a call from Benjamin. Benjamin is making sure the whole deal is still on with those two, and it is. So, you know, but what no one really knows in the movie, or what Wayne doesn't know and everyone else does, is Benjamin is sort of hitting on uh, Tia Carrera in this movie. So, we're going to go a little forward. This is where they're again back at the airport watching the planes come in, and Garth gets a little bit upset with Mike Myers. This is where Mike Myers, I guess you could say career starts sort of taking a fall, you know, in the movie. And uh, let's go ahead and start playing a little bit of this. You really pissed me off tonight. Garth, you've never been mad at anything in your life. Yeah, but you shouldn't have walked out on the show. I mean, you know, I handled it okay. But you shouldn't walk out on your friend without telling him first. Oh, so I have to run everything by you now? Yeah, I think you have to run everything by me now. What, what am I, some sort of chimp with you as always as Garth? Jim to your Marlon Perkins? You know, Benjamin had you so snowed. And you know what? He's got it for Cassandra. No way. Way. Yeah. Cassandra's not interested. As if. Okay, pop quiz. Cassandra is not interested in Benjamin because A, chicks think he's handsome, B, has cool car, C, has lots of cash, D, has no visible scars, E, does not live with parents. Okay, how about F, you're a gimp. You know what you can do with your pop quiz? You, you know what you can do with your show? You can take a All right, so Garth is telling him off right here. The plane is going over, but um, Garth is pissed. And yes. he actually ends up sort of losing Garth. They sort of uh, end up on a bad note. So he loses Garth as a friend. Um, and from this scene, we go right to where he goes to Cassandra's. And he even starts to lose Cassandra at this point. So... From the one night to the next day, he is really not having a good fucking time. So here we go. Let's go to the point where he walks into Cassandra's place. And here we go. Where you been? I waited up for you last night. You never showed. Where are you going? Chicago. Benjamin set up the video shoot. I'll be there for three days. Oh, well, I guess Benjamin will be there, too. Well, he's producing it. And what does that mean? Well, it just means that he's been paying you an awful lot of attention lately. Well, maybe he thinks I've got some talent. Maybe he's poking you. What? You think that's the way I get a gig? Well, first he screws me, then he screws you. It's Dutch door action. Could you be any more insulting? Yeah. <laughs> I think you better leave. Fine. I'm out of here. What the hell's going on? I lost my show. I lost my best friend. I lost my girl. 
of being shit on. That's all, shit on. But you know what really pisses me off? Where are you going? Where are you going? Okay, okay, come on back. Come on back. Things aren't as bad as they seem. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to dump on you. I'll figure something out, okay? All right, so there you go. He loses his best friend, his girlfriend, yeah. and almost the cameraman. Yes. With the exception of the cameraman, though, I feel like every man has experienced this at least once in their life. That one day where everything just kind of goes goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, dude. Everybody's fucking gone through that bad day, dude. Where you think, oh, my God, what the fuck am I going to do? Hell yeah, dude. I've been there. You've been there? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely, dude. You just got to fucking get through it. Struggle. Take it. Right. Yeah. And uh, the next day, he does end up going to the diner, of course, the uh, the diner that they always go to. And he sees Garth there. Garth is playing with don- donuts. And they do start talking a little bit in makeup. So here we go. Let's play that. Hi. I'm sorry about what I did. Buds? Buds. Officer Kuharski. Damn shame how they screwed up your show. It's a nice little program. Not that I ever watched it. Here you go. So, uh, how you doing? Okay, suppose. Just wish I had Cassandra back. She's in Chicago shooting a video with Benjamin. <laughs> so, um, what are you gonna do? I don't know. I do have one plan. What are you gonna do with these guys? Oh, nothing really. I just always wanted to open a door to a room where people are being trained like in James Bond movies. Wicked. Yeah. I think you should just go get Cassandra. I just don't think she wants me to. Let me tell you a little something I've learned about women. They want you to come get them. They love it. I just wish there's something that I could offer her that Benjamin couldn't. You think of something. Wait a minute. No. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know. The guy in the limo, Mr. Big. The guy who owns Sharp Records. If there's only a way that we could get him to listen to Cassandra play. Oh, oh. You- All right, before we get into this part, we did mention before that Garth is sort of a genius, right, Anthony? So this is yes. yes, this is where we actually prove that Garth is sort of a more than just a sidekick, but a genius. So now we can go ahead and play that part. But I did want to go ahead and mention that because we did mention earlier in the movie, and here's where it ties in. At the concert, he said Mr. Sharp was driving back through Chicago on Friday. That's right. Wow. Aren't we lucky we were there to get all that information? It seemed extraneous at the time. Okay. First, I'll access a secret military spy satellite that's in a geosynchronous orbit over the Midwest. 
then I'll ID the limo by the vanity plate, Mr. Big, and get his approximate position. Yes. Then I'll reposition the transmitter dish in the remote truck to 17.32 degrees east. Hit West Star 4 over the Atlantic, bounce the signal down here to the Azores, up the Comptat 6, beam it back to SATCOM through transmitter number 137, and down to the dish in the back of Mr. Big's limo. It's almost too easy. We can only pray he's watching television in his limo at that exact moment. We'll need help. We'll, we'll help. help. You get your dinner, we'll do the rest. To the Merciful Field! So there we go. Everybody's willing to help. They run out of there. Wayne is driving at massive speeds, trying to get to Cassandra. And he does. Um, now, the rumor about this horrible jungle scene that uh, Tia Carrera is doing is that it has something to do with the uh, way Pearl Jam, the Evenflow video, that they were so upset about that video it made them actually swear off doing videos forever. Uh, wow. So the, it's, there, there's a lot of people say that that's sort of a takeoff on that on how bad the video was. But this is also where Wayne runs into uh, Robert Patrick, who is, you know, again, the Terminator part, Terminator 2. Uh, he plays the the T. Oh, I'll never, I'm, there's no way I can remember what T he plays. But any, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I'm not going. He was one of them. <laughs> he, he was a, a really advanced robot. Let's just put it that way. Really advanced. But uh Wayne does finally show up there after going through that little scene. And I'll go ahead and play right now Wayne's little scene he does here because it's obviously a great scene. Otherwise, I wouldn't play it. Cassandra! We have to talk. I don't want to talk to you. Cassandra, I set up an audition for you and your band. I'm putting my show back on the air. You've got to be on it. Wayne, go home. No, I'm not going anywhere. Cassandra, I love you. You may not believe it, but I love you. Am I supposed to just turn my back and leave? Am I supposed to be a man? Am I supposed to say, it's okay, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind. Well, I mind. I mind big time. But <laughs> you know what the worst part of all is? I never learned to read. All right. Now, real quick, just to let everyone know what's going on here. They're cl they're flashing Oscar clip up here, and he's obviously over dramatizing the scene in order to you know get the Oscar, blah blah blah. But it's a joke, so I'm gonna keep playing. <laughs> that true? Yes, everything except the reading part. A very nice speech, Wayne. We're very busy. Oh, of course, her music video, very clever. But where is her band? Hi, Wayne. Oh, hi guys. I didn't see you there. Well, I guess you've thought of everything, huh? Nothing left for me to do but just go home. Bye-bye, Wayne. It's bedtime. But both you and I know that there is no film in this camera. Yeah, there was film in the camera. But let's keep going. Go home.
Sometimes people outgrow one another. It's very sad. You can't let it drag you down. Is that you? Or the snake? Campbell, wait up! Cassandra, I know I don't have his looks. I know I don't have his money. I know I don't have his connections, his knowledge of fine wines. I know sometimes that when I eat, I get this clicking sound in my jaw. Shut your yap and get in the car. Excellent. So there you go. He does end up getting Cassandra back right here. Um, and starts telling her, her, telling her his plan to get Mr. Big to listen to it. Um, but again, in order to do that, they have to get some equipment. And they go to the studio to get the equipment. And this is where they run into Russell. Damn devious Russell, Anthony. Yes. Yes. Russell. Son of a bitch, that Russell. That son of a bitch. But anyway, uh, they're sneaking through this. The 007 music is playing. And they're sneaking through. They're doing, you know, rolls on the ground and everything. It's absolutely a fucking hilarious scene in the movie. But I'm going to pick up where they actually meet Russell. Uh, Garth ends up talking the flashlight out of his hand. It was a dangerous situation. But let's go ahead and play it. Great. Oh, hi, Russell. How's it going? Hold it right there. Hey, hey. Hey, watch where you're pointing that thing. <laughs> Give me a flashlight, Russell. Give it to me. You can help us, Russell. No. I'm supposed to stop you. <laughs> What, what, what are you going to do? You're going to be Benjamin's monkey boy the rest of your life? Is that it? Benjamin's my friend. No. Benjamin is no one's friend. If Benjamin were an ice cream flavor, he'd be pralines and dick. It's okay. He's going to be okay. So there you go. He talks the flashlight out of Russell's hands in a dangerous situation. Very dangerous. Now, we also get to the scene right now where Lee, who we talked about earlier, um, his name in the movie actually isn't Lee, it's Terry, but Lee, again, starts telling everyone for some reason he loves them. And we haven't mentioned that, and I'm not quite sure why I'm playing this scene. But you know what? I'm going to play it. So here you go. Oh, I know. No, you don't. I love you, man. I know. Just say thank you. I understand you're just doing your job. Really, I'm very late. All right. So right now, we go to the next scene. Rob Lowe is pulled over by the cop that they are friends with. And a body cavity search ensues. Let's just go from there. Would you mind turning around and placing your hands on the hood, son? There's just one other thing I've got to check. So from the sound of the glove, I believe we all know what's going on. And yes. we go from there immediately over to 
the Wayne's World's uh, original studio, which is Wayne's Basement. And let's go ahead and hear what happens from there. I'm going to go ahead and hit it. Here we go. Okay, this is a special Wayne's World, okay? It's for an audience of one. So, Mr. Frankie Sharp of Sharp Records, if you're watching, and if you like what you see, we're at 2234 Pineway in Aurora, Illinois. So, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Cassandra at Crucial Time! I give you that just to remind you that Tia Carrera, once again, singing this song, really singing this song. So awesome. awesome but uh, and Frankie is listening. Uh, but as they're going, Rob Lowe is also on his way to the place. But Frankie Sharp is actually listening. Um, the song goes through. We get to the end of the song. And there's a few different endings here, and I'll pause as we go through these endings, but we go through the the bad ending, the Scooby-Doo ending, and the mega happy ending. So yes. let's go through the the first ending right now. Hi, I'm Frankie Sharp, Sharp Records. I saw your performance in my limo, and I must say I've seen a lot of acts in my day. And although you're extremely beautiful... I just think it's the wrong time. Oh, man. I'm it's you screwed my career. <laughs> I always knew you were small time. Wayne, I'm pregnant. That's why I've been so moody. <laughs> Whoa. So the first ending, the building burns up. Wayne ends up carrying out Garth, who's barely alive, but is alive. And we get the saying, and then we go to the second ending. Why, God? <laughs> Why? And by the way, the food flash now. With the first ending, not only is it bad, but Rob Lowe ends up with Tia Carrera, and here we go. Last night was the most incredible night of my life. You were terrific. You didn't really think she'd end up with Wayne, did you? If. As if we'd end the movie like that. Yeah. Let's do the Scooby-Doo ending. Good call. Alright, so now we go from one ending to the Scooby-Doo ending. So, here we go with Scooby-Doo ending. <laughs> What? <laughs> 
Hi, Frankie Sharp, Sharp Records. I just saw your performance in my limo. Well, we got through. Well, that wraps it up. But there's one last thing. Let's just see who you really are, mister. Why, it's old man Withers, the guy who runs the haunted amusement park. And I would have got away with it, too, if it hadn't been for you snooping kids. Good one, Shaggy. Excellent Scooby-Doo ending. Yeah, but I think we should do the mega happy ending. Oh, the mega happy ending, that's doable. All right, so the Scooby-Doo ending obviously is, you know, self-explanatory, uh, except they would have said meddling kids, obviously. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously they would have said that. But, uh, you know, we go right from there. And again, the dream sequence thing. Another thing everybody was doing, it was the most annoying thing in the world. People still still do it now. But uh, anyway, let's go ahead and go from here. We'll play the mega happy ending. And then that'll be pretty much the end of the movie. Here we go. <laughs> I'm Frankie Sharp, Sharp Records. I saw your performance in my limo. I must tell you, it was terrific. Yeah. In fact, I think it's so good. I'm going to give you a six-album deal starting tomorrow. See you in my office. I love you, Wayne. I love you, Cassandra. I love you, God. I love you, Dream Woman. You know, ever since I did your show, kids are looking at me in a whole new way. I love you, man. And I love you. Because I've learned that platonic love can exist between two grown men. And I've learned something, too. I've learned that a flawless profile, perfect body, the right clothes, and a great car can get you far in America. Almost to the top. But it can't get you everything. Isn't it great that we're all better people? There you go. The end of the fucking movie. Um, Anthony. Yep. What else can you say about this movie? It's a classic, man. And it's one of those movies that kind of flies under the radar as time goes by. But I feel like if you sit back, it's one of those movies that didn't change the world. But it's mindless entertainment. And I feel like, I don't know. It's just like one of those movies that kind of like... You really can't, even though it's kind of dated in the sense that it's definitely a 90s movie. Mm-hmm. Definitely a 90s movie. I feel like it's one of those movies you can put on anytime and still enjoy. Absolutely. And I just realized you didn't even hear that last clip. But uh, <laughs> but I know the movie so well. It's cool. So, yeah. Absolutely. Obviously. Obviously. But uh, yeah, man. Th- again, this movie was really, like I said, man, this movie had so so many quotable lines. This was, you know, kind of like Ace Ventura. This was another movie everyone sort of, you know, they were talking like this. They were quoting lines from this movie. It was just an incredibly iconic movie. I think maybe being from the early 90s, this movie sort of got lost in the shuffle. But definitely one of the better movies of the 90s definitely yeah yeah i definitely agree with that 
So I don't know, man. You got anything else to say about this, or should we uh, wrap it up, B? Wrap it up. Wrap classic. It up. Watch it. Wrap up this classic movie. I appreciate everybody coming in and hanging with us all fucking night. Um, really, really appreciate it. We will be back here next week, me and Anthony, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right here, Mixer.com slash THD Podcast. Go ahead and uh, subscribe to THD Network. You will get all of our shows there. I don't feel like doing the plugs, so just subscribe to THD Network. You'll get every one of our shows right there. Have a great night, everybody. We will see you all next goddamn week. And that's it. Later. Peace. Now go home and get your fucking shine box.